Hello everyone, this is Pavlos Vineratos from RT Engineering Radio. Today I'm talking to Istra Hashim and Alijan Akiyuz and our topic is second career developers. Alright, hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. We have two uh, people here, uh, Isra and Alijan. They are both, uh, they basically have a second career developer um, title, I guess. Um, one is early in it and one is uh, not early in it. <laughs> so do you want to go and introduce yourself a little bit, Isra? Sure. My name is Isra. I've been doing this bootcamp in software engineering. I don't have a background in software engineering, so I studied archaeology and religions in a university, and then I did a master's in journalism. So I've worked in the art industry for a bit, and then I really wanted a change, and through fate, I believe, so it's just I, I met a few people that worked in tech. I've talked with, um, yeah, a few friends, uh, heard that it was something that could be interesting to me. And I really like that problem solving aspect. So I just decided to like put everything um, because I needed a change and start that boot camp, and it's been going really well. So I'm about two thirds into it. So there's only like a few weeks left. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been loving it so far. How long is the whole thing, the duration of the whole thing? 12 weeks and I think we're in week eight so we've just finished week eight cool nice and how about you Aljan you want to give us an intro yeah sure uh hello everyone my name is Adijan I'm uh, currently working as a software engineer at Artsy uh like Isra I also come from a different background formerly I studied literature as an undergraduate student then I did my master's degree in cultural studies Then I was a PhD student briefly in comparative literature. And before switching to software engineering, I was a teaching assistant and as a PhD student. And academic career was the path that I saw myself as a trajectory. But then things happened, which we will talk about soon. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. And then I can also quickly introduce myself, I guess. My name is Pavlos. I'm also an engineer at RC and I studied engineering from the beginning. I knew that I wanted to do it. So I'm, uh, yeah, in that, in that way, it's very different. And I'm very interested and I'm always happy when I hear people like switching to development from anything else. So uh, that's why I wanted to do this episode. Uh, perfect. I have, I mean, I have a bunch of questions, but uh, let's start with some basic ones. You both said that you kind of started from, yeah, very, very different fields, both of them. Was there, was there, for both of you, this question, I guess, was there a thought in the beginning that, you know, you might want to do something else or that you want to do specifically engineering? How, how did it kind of start? Alton, do you want to start? Sure, sure. Um, for me, uh, going to engineering path was one of the options, but wasn't the only option. To be completely honest, it wasn't the love of coding or software that pulled me into that world, but it was uh, other reasons. And there were some other options for me too, like going into more product management direction, for example, or graphic design direction. But I was inspired by people around me at that time. And I saw their lifestyle as software engineer. 
and that pushed me into that direction actually <laughs> what is the lifestyle you you saw what what kind of lifestyle was that oh you can't imagine so i finished my master's degree i'm in berlin in summer and i'm so broke i don't have any money <laughs> nothing and i have this friend software engineers working four or five hours a day earning good money living their life going on vacations with their friends so on and so forth and i was always left behind and uh so financial aspect was one of the triggers for me at the time that okay, makes sense um also having to have time for myself to do other things in life like i'm interested in music so as a software engineer i have time to spend in that uh, area as well and other things in non tech related areas that i experienced it's usually um you give your everything to it you work there eight hours you sit at a desk um or whatever you are doing and there's not much left not much energy and time left for other things um so that was the uh, lifestyle that i saw earning good money and also having time to live the life okay that makes sense that makes sense definitely sounds like a, something that you know many people want to do and how about you Isra? did you did you have something similar or something different Yeah, I want to say very similar. Um definitely lifestyle was one component that attracted me. So I guess the the salary aspect, the fact that it was growing. I mean, it, it would essentially go along with your skills, so it could grow exponentially depending on whether you're good or bad at it. Um I also didn't see that um you know, engineering is the love of my life. Let me just go there and do it. Um I've always very much taken education and jobs to be what is my interest now um and this is why i've just i've studied every, like not everything but unrelated things but mostly humanities and i think one thing that also attracted me to coding was that this was skill based more so than um well with other things that i have studied humanities it's mainly about um theories and then essays so in essence discussion right so there's a lot of room for um debates and you know reinterpretations but with coding yeah there's just either you're right or you're wrong but there's so many ways of doing one thing and that's where i thought it was interesting as well the creativity aspect to it whether you're working on front end or back end i guess So there's multiple ways to get to the same answer, but when you get there, it's really satisfying. I just tried my hand at it uh, online and figured I liked it. So I was like, why not? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it seems it seems to me that for both of you, then it was something. It kind of started as something you saw and you wanted to do as work, rather than something that you wanted to first learn. So is am I is, does that make sense? So it was more like that's what I want to do as a job and less that's kind of like what I want to do as a hobby or whatever. Is that is that correct or is that or am I wrong? For me it was uh, it wasn't that clear. Like it wasn't that black or white. Uh it was a good option and I wanted to do it as a work, but I wasn't sure if I could or if I would like it until I tried and mm. get into it a little bit. Then things have changed for me. I really like that actually. That mental space that coding puts you in. You put on your music. You focus on a problem. 
you are, that's the creative space, I guess, uh, Israel was mentioning. You can be creative there. And uh, after that point, I actually liked it. Combined with the previous reasons, <laughs> right. that, then I said, okay, I'm going to do this as a, as a job, as work now. Yeah, very, very similar to Alijan again. I think right now, studying it, I'm still not 100% sure I want this to be my career full-time. That's it. Um, the, the other aspect that I like about coding is that you it's a never-ending learning curve. So I really like that you never kind of settle once you're in a job. I guess you do in a way, but if you ever want to, you have to keep up, right, with the latest, I don't know, language. I'm still learning, guys. I'm sorry, but like... <laughs> you know, the, the latest things, right, in software is there's always updates happening. So you have to read new documentations. It's just, and that's what I like. Yeah. Even right now, I think I, I'm still in the mindset of I'll try it for a few years, see how I find it. Um, but nothing set in stone. Okay, that makes sense. And um, yeah, very interesting. I do have some questions about expectations and and kind of after you finish. But do you want to very quickly give us a you know a, a short uh, list of what are you learning right now, or what you learned already, or what you are going to learn after? Yeah, of course, if I remember it all. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. I think we started the bootcamp doing a bit of um, HTML, CSS um, to start us off. We had. So yeah, HTML, CSS, JavaScript as well, vanilla JavaScript. And our first project was building a game with vanilla JavaScript. So that was chaotic, but beautiful. <laughs> then we moved on to front end. So we've, we've used React and I guess Express. Okay. And Node, um, again, sorry <laughs> if I'm like butchering this. No, I mean, there are a billion of those things. So, you know, no one knows all of the things. So don't worry about that. But yeah, so just been doing a lot of front end and lately we did back end. So that was with um, Mongo Mongoose as well. And I'm currently doing um, a project where we have to build both front end, back end. Um, so a full on application. So that's where I'm at. And I think the rest of the course will be just learning about back end, but SQL. So I'm guessing Django. Interesting, interesting. I've, I've I've seen your first assignment, uh, which was really nice and really fun to see it, to play around and also see the code. That was really cool. So I'm definitely looking forward to sending me you sending me the rest of your stuff. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you, Ali John, if you want to play it. But apologies, I yeah, it's it's not the best. I'll it's this is one of the things that I find really cool again is that you have a portfolio to show. Like it's not just you talking about yourself and like kind of ha- hyping yourself up with your skills it's you have things that you can show and be like i built this like i made this myself with my own two hands and well an api maybe but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so true it's so tangible right compared to other areas especially humanities um what you have and especially if you are working as front-end developer you change one line of code and you see the result immediately that's uh, that's one of the aspects I enjoy as a software engineer. And do, did you also start with similar things, Alison, like uh, kind of HTML, CSS, before coming to React stuff or like directly React or something else? Or how was it? 
quite similar. I learned uh, first JavaScript like programming. It's not for web, but doing all sorts of algorithms and stuff. Then I started a front-end course with HTML, CSS, then quite similar. Um, React on the front-end and Node.js with Express on the back-end uh, with the SQL stuff. And how has it been for you since then? So you you switched, I guess, to... to so when, when did you get the first job as you know a developer? So I did this one, which was a free online coding bootcamp for one month only. And then I did another one, which was a four months long online, more scheduled one with Python and mostly focusing on backend. The time span between writing my first line of JavaScript and getting my job was 10 months, I believe, nine to 10 months. Um, and for me, the real learning experience was after I finished my coding bootcamp and build a full stack application like Israel described. Um, that was the time when I felt like, okay, I'm ready for a job now. <laughs> uh, that sounds very satisfying for sure. <laughs> and how has it been since then? I mean, you know, you, you once you did that and you felt like, yeah, this is like, this is great. This is what I want to do. And, you know, all the way to today, like how, how has this been, you know, getting better, getting worse, staying the same? What's, what's up? It has been a very interesting adventure. Um, it's not as exciting as it was in the beginning, to be completely honest, because when I first got my got my first job uh, in a very small startup here in Berlin called Better Fashion, uh, we were nine people all in a room just building something. And I really felt like, okay, I'm a part of something right now. I have skills. I can demonstrate that. We can bond with those guys and girls. Um, it was a real experience. Then after working there one year-ish, I switched to a bigger, more corporate company, worked there two years. That was the place where I learned mostly like how modern tech startups work, like agile methodologies, sort of things, like things outside of software development, but that you need to have to work in tech. Then I'm at Artsy right now, and I'm quite happy at the place I am now. Nice. It's very good to hear. <laughs> and uh, I guess related, or do you have any questions about this, Isra? Otherwise, I have more for you. I think it's it, it's great to hear about this because when you're you're learning it, you're always thinking, "What next?" And there's hmm. this. I don't know if it's a myth. It's not a myth so much as just there's this idea of yeah, you'll just get a job like that, right? It's just going to happen because this is so in demand and you're learning the, again, the languages that are most in demand. So it is really cool to, to hear the reality of it and how long it actually takes because it can never be as easy as they advertise. <laughs> um, never trust them. So really, really interesting. But right. yeah, what what did you find was the, um, the bigger challenge? I, I heard you mention the non-technical, like non-skilled aspect when you moved to the second job that was the bigger startup. Mm -hmm. What was the the more challenging aspect of that? The whole working rhythm, I would say, of the team there. Uh, for example, a retrospective meeting, I had no idea about this. Mm -hmm. Even I didn't even know the word retrospective. Um, or very scheduled uh, grooming sessions, sprint planning sort of things. In my first job, there were things that need to be, needed to be done. They put on a Jira board, a Kanban board, and whoever had time 
picked the ticket and did it. That was it. No planning, nothing. Right. Things things were super fast. But in the second one, we were already having meetings in this quarter to plan the next two quarters. So it was a bit challenging in that sense to think about things technically, seeing the future, where this technically can go, should our decisions right now be affected by that, that kind of aspect, citing or challenging. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot of extra, you know, extra dev work, whatever. And, and it definitely shows when you go to a, to a bigger company. Yeah. So when it's, you know, one, two, three, four, five people or whatever, then mm-hmm. yeah, it's very easy to just have a very, you know, just a, a list of uh, a to-do list, basically. Uh, but yeah, when it gets bigger and, you know, the size that we are now, and I'm sure, you know, way bigger, yeah, it kind of gets gets interesting. Some of them are interesting skills to learn and some of them uh, less less so, but all of them necessary, I guess. Let me add one more thing to this. I just think thought about this. Um, okay. It's Git. Mm. Um, I was just about to mention Git. <laughs> very good, very good. It's a more human-friendly phrase for this would be working together with other people on the same code repository. So for me, in my first job, I owned the front end and I did it by myself. Everything belonged to me. I committed as I liked, no rules, nothing. <laughs> but in my second job, it was very different. Um, there were so many people working on the same uh, code base, uh, different repos, different microservices, uh, all this infrastructure and using Git learning concepts like, I don't know, rebasing, cherry picking, so on and so forth. Mm. Very, very real challenge for me in that second job. Yeah, interesting. I can definitely imagine that. Have you used Git, Isa, yet or, or not yet? Yeah, so we've been using Git to usually submit homework, but lately, so we're on project three, project two, we were pair coding. So it was fun because just one of us was, I don't know, had the repo on their Git, but right now we're there's four of us. So what we've done is, God, I'm going to butcher this again. But basically, there's like the main branch and development branch. And we're like creating branches, each one of us. And we're merging and we're pushing again to the origin. And sometimes there's merge conflicts. So because we're too scared of just breaking something, we just share screen and we're doing it. And we're doing it like each one at a time. But I have a cheat sheet. It never leaves my desk. I can't. It's, it's so bad because that's, that's the thing as well. I feel like with software engineering, I pictured it going in as like, you know, this like architect, like you build really strong structural mm. buildings. Like the metaphor is just like you're building, your structures are really strong, they're solid. But then you realize it's just like, one paper on top of the next and you're just watching it and seeing if it doesn't fall like you're like okay this works save commit that's it <laughs> you don't know how but just <laughs> yeah definitely git was i mean i feel like git is a, a thing that's uh, you know a, a tiny obstacle for every everyone like it doesn't matter you know what how you start using this and i feel like you know for being scared of it you know, I feel like everyone is scared of it at, at, in the beginning. But, uh, you know, once you break something the first time and then you fix it by just Googling for half an hour or whatever, then you you become less scared of it and you're just, okay, now it makes sense, you know. So, yeah, definitely it's something that it takes some time and some uh, getting used to, but it's very, very useful for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. It should be like a whole class, you know, a Git class. 
Do you know, I don't think I've heard that developers, like there's so many developers that don't know Git, they just know how to use it. And I feel like this is where I'm at and I'm okay right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, tools, a lot of tutorials, a lot of ways to use it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting, but yeah, definitely it would be, I would be very excited to, you know, if you one at, at one point you make a, an open source, uh, you know, a commit to, to Eigen, <laughs> to the app of RC, that would be nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know, guys, um, if everything crumbles down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, let's see for some uh, questions here. I had, I had some more, um, which I kind of, we kind of talked about this, but one question was, if you have, Israel, if you have specific expectations about, you know, once you're done, you know, what's going to happen afterwards? I know that you know, you, you expect like to get a job and then you will look, but is there, you know, specific things that you expect or specific timeline or it's kind of like, let's, let's go with the flow. How are you thinking about this? Yeah. Um, I can say that before walking into the boot camp, I was thinking of, well, getting a job, working the timeline out. So basically boot camp would end December, mid December, probably by January to start applying and maybe get something whenever, again, running on my savings. I'm not going to burn through my savings, but I think doing the bootcamp now, I realized that first off, I need a break, but also there might there are hubs where developers are more in demand than others. Um, that's dependent, again, on, I'm guessing, where you want to work, if it's startup or corporate, sector-wise, mm-hmm. industry. So um, I think my expectations have changed in that sense um, because I... I know that I really like working in the startup environment, but then again, I don't know. It's just very different because you, when you learn code, you write everything yourself, but then I'm guessing when you're working, because you have to look at somebody else's code, Hmm. figure this out and then try to work on it. (laughs) Um, I'm anticipating this to be one of the biggest challenges when it comes to like switching to going for a job and tell me all the John if like, this is reality. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's the, the the big thing. And I also am still not sure whether or not I want to do like full stack or just focus on front and back end because I do enjoy doing both. So I'll guess TBC. We'll see what happens. That makes sense. And I, I definitely think that once you start, you know, in a company at, at any, you know, doing front end or back end or, or full stack or whatever, I, you will you know, you will see in a few months, you will know that, you know, this is what I want to do and this is what I don't care about so much and this is how we work. And and, and also, I think that just learning, uh, like what you learned before uh, your first job and what you learn after or, you know, the first six months or whatever, I think that what you learn while you're in a job is way, way, way more uh like faster and more things that you learn because of other developers that you work with um and it just becomes so much easier and so much faster you know definitely and i think it's fair to expect that uh it will be a challenge to work on the code that other people wrote before you when you start a job but also i think we shouldn't forget that it's a challenge for everyone even if you are like very, very many years experience software engineer and you start a new job, there will be a time for you to get used to that 
their code bases in that new company. And everyone has a different style of writing code, you know, even if it's uh, React, something very structured, you see very different patterns as far uh, in different places. And I think every company that I know of is okay with the new starter to taking the first month to get used to the code base without actually building something. So no worries there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's also, I mean, specifically we do it, but I know that many other companies do it as well, where while someone new is onboarding, um, they're very um, open and they're very encouraged to complain <laughs> about things or improve or suggest improvements. Um, you know, either in the the documentation or some setup stuff or anything, and they can just say it to someone, and they, you know, the other person will fix it, or they can make their own PR if they feel comfortable enough, or you know, any other way. So definitely, yeah, don't be scared about that. It's it's gonna be nice, and every you know, it's every every job, every next job is gonna be the same thing, you know, over and over. But it's always nice. Good. And uh, okay, how about uh, I, I thought of this question, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Do you think that at any point in the future you might go back to whatever you studied in the beginning, or if you think that you know you might just change to something completely different uh, from development as well for both of you? Yes. For me, I think I'm almost certain that I'm not gonna go back to what I was doing. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm finding ways to combine the interests of my previous life with the interests of my current life. Um, so I'm thinking of personal projects that I could do where I can combine my interest in literature and programming, for example. Um, there are esoteric programming languages called, like, there is one called Shakespeare. You write code with Shakespeare sonnets, for example. Um, so I'm thinking of maybe I involve in a project like that open source just for the fun of it, that kind of thing. But I don't think I will be going back because I really like what I'm doing. And it's 2021, you know, it feels right to work in tech. Nice. <laughs> and how about you, Isra? What do you think? Or is it too early still to decide? I'd say it's too early, but you never know as well. Um, I think I've really enjoyed, again, the this learning aspect and the fact that just like all John said you could just move from one industry to the next as well if you start to get bored in whatever it is you're doing and so I think maybe because like Alajan where I mean I know I'm the type of person to really get interested in one thing deep dive into that for like a few years and then just completely leave it move on to something else and so you're like medium but like and you have different weird skills that don't go together, but you have them and they're there. And this is why like coding and software engineering is a, is a good way to make that work. So we'll see. I mean, if again, if all of a sudden I get interested in philosophy or um, something else, I just want to jump back and do other masters. I think we shouldn't really ever stop learning. Um, so I just go by that and yeah, we'll, we'll see where life takes us, but it's, it's been definitely more interesting than I thought it would be. Nice. Sounds like a, a very good plan. A very good plan. And, um, all right. I have here, 
Also, um, I guess a question that's, or not really a question, more um, for Aljan, if he has some tips, let's say, for for Isra. So, you know, since you have been through this, you know, for a while, and I mean, you did say a couple of things before, but I don't know, do you, do you have anything very specific or very general maybe for, you know, just switching, I guess, and being good at it, like you? Uh, yeah, there are actually <clears throat> so many specifics, but to keep it a bit short, uh, on a more high level, I would say uh, it's all about mental resilience. Uh, there is no thing that's um, like there are moments where you feel like on this journey, oh, I can't do this. Maybe I'm not right for this. Maybe my brain just is not capable of understanding and doing this. And when you start your first job, there are so many points where you feel insecure about your background. Um, but as I said in the beginning, it's all about mental resilience. As long as you keep this fighting attitude and you don't stop, you don't give up, but you keep fighting, um, it's possible to solve and learn everything. And things that seem super complicated in the beginning sometimes become so easy after a while, you actually don't understand, oh my God, you say to yourself, how did I not get it in this first place? <laughs> uh, it's really surprising. So when you encounter with problems like that, you remember that moment of uh, three, four months in the future where you will be looking back and don't, you couldn't be even grasping what went wrong there. So, <laughs> and secondly, very shortly, you have to love it, I think. You have to really enjoy it. It shouldn't feel like a burden that you have to do, but more like something you enjoy and make money with. Those are good advice. And I just want to say also going into this, you realize the community is amazing. It's very supportive. It's very open. I'm going to use this word, but I don't know if it fits. It's very startup-y just in, in the sense in, in that, the feeling you get, everyone is really open about helping each other out. Um, and even when it comes to job openings or just discussing, looking at your code, seeing what's wrong, um, double checking for coding. I've really, I mean, it's, I, I haven't been in there too long, but I, I think this is also really important for everyone to know if like they're interested in, of, about going into this or they're looking on, you know, maybe starting their coding journey. I find that this is, one of the pros that really makes a difference um, when you're looking at it. So, I mean, I I can say for sure that talking to Pavlos, I, I used to work at Artsy and you have been like one of the main reasons why I switched as well, because I was looking at whatever you were doing. You would talk to me, you would talk about your projects, but also your meetings, how you guys work together, collaborated. And that really, really made me want to understand a bit more about coding. So this is, yeah, all great advice. <laughs> Very nice to hear. And I mean, at, at Artsy, I know that we have already, you know, five, six people around me that they definitely did this switch. Uh, and some of them, you know, started at Artsy doing something completely different, went away and then came back as a developer afterwards. So it would be great to have you here, I guess. <laughs> nice. Great. I don't think I have any more questions. So unless... Uh, you have uh, questions for each other. I think we can uh, end it here. It was great to meet you, Alajan. And yeah, thank you, Pablos, for talking us through this. 
thank you so much both of you yeah guys thank you guys thank you for joining all right see you see you bye-bye bye thanks for listening you can follow us on twitter at artsy open source keep up with our blog at artsy.github.io this episode was mixed and edited by alex higgins and thank you eve essex for our theme music you can find her on all major streaming platforms until next time This is Artsy Engineering Radio.